Get A Legends wherever you're listening to Between the Ears with Luke McPherson. I'm your host, Luke, and welcome to episode four. How exciting. This episode that I've got coming up for you is an absolute ripper with a superstar of the AFL and someone who I think you'll all love and you'll love to hear from. Now, I do just want to touch on, there was a bit of confusion and I got some lovely messages of people waiting for a podcast to be released last week. Now, this show is a fortnightly show at the moment, so you've got to wait two weeks for an episode, but hopefully the quality of the episodes is is worth the wait at the moment. Whether you're coming to the show for the first time or you were one of those people that eagerly awaited for a fortnight, it's a pleasure to have you on board. Thanks very much for listening. It was also Christmas and it's the holiday time at the moment, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you and your family are celebrating. I hope that you've had a great and safe time. Joining me on the show for this episode is a man named Sam Taylor. He's an all-Australian defender who plays for the GWS Giants in the AFL. Now, Sam and I talked about some really cool stuff today. He was so courageous with the things that he talked about. He's a softly spoken guy, as you'll learn from the start of the episode, but he was he was very candid, very open with the things he said. He talked about when he was younger, he questioned, he never thought he was going to make it. He even messaged his school first 18 coach after his first game and said, please drop me, I'm not up to the level. He had a few of those confidence issues growing up, but he started to tap into mindset, that of the NFL players, these blokes who believe that they're the best and they can do anything. I do want to mention that he was a bit worried. He definitely didn't want to sound arrogant. Um, but at the end of the day, in order to achieve something, you need to have full belief in yourself. And we talked about that a little bit, but there is still a bit of a stigma behind self-belief, especially in Australia, that people think that because they want to be the best, they're suddenly arrogant. But for me, there's nothing wrong with trying to get the best out of yourself. And Sam is doing that at the moment, and we're very proud of him. We talked about the 2019 Grand Final, where the Giants went down to Richmond, the stark contrast between the prelim of the week before, how excited he was, and then the heartbreak on Grand Final Day. His illness, septic arthritis in 2020, he was, which at that point no one in the AFL had ever had before. He thought about giving up, but now he's a best and fairest for 2022. He's an All-Australian, he's a superstar, and it's a great chat. I hope you enjoy. Here we are, another episode, this time with an absolute superstar of the AFL. He's an All-Australian, a best and fairest, and by far, well, so far, the tallest guest that we've had on the show. So congratulations for that as well. Sam Taylor, welcome to the pod, mate. Thanks for having me. What's been going on? You're in you're in Perth for a little bit. Yeah, so I'm enjoying Perth. Um, I've been here for a few weeks, and yeah, just good seeing family and friends. Well, we'll lead into a bit of our gratefulness exercise then that we that we like to start with. Usually people get me to go first because um, they didn't prep. What's what's your thoughts? Do you want to go first? No, you can go first. Okay. <laughs> right. I saw in your eyes that you might have been getting me to go first, but never mind. <laughs> I, I read you wrong. Um, all right. So 
today, well, when I walked in here, because we're recording at your brother's house, saw that puppy there. Yeah. Um, I, I originally had my dog on the list because I was looking at my dog and he's getting old and today and I was just like, oh man, I love love my dog. So many good memories. And now I've seen that puppy. That's my new favorite dog in the world, man. This thing he is, is so gorgeous. Cute. Yeah. yeah. Looks like he needs to be on an ad or something. Little Marco. <laughs> yeah. Um, so shout out to him. Um, summer rains. It was raining when I got up this morning, you know, like the the smell of like the rain on the pavement and stuff. Just just love that. There's something something about that. Something be a about great a, day, yeah. yeah, something about a summer rain. Now the sun's coming out and it's just the perfect start. And also on the way here, had to go through like Swan Valley and stuff and just was reminiscing about my my childhood driving past like the super golf and the laser tag oh and God, like yes. old birthday parties that, yeah. as a kid. <laughs> um couple of cricket grounds where you, you and I had a great, you know, bat v ball battle back in the day and just that, yes, yes. reminiscing thinking how, you know, simple the life was as a kid and yeah, it was just was just loving that, mate. So so they're my three. Your turn. Go for it. Damn it, I should have went first because that was very good. Yes, <laughs> finally. Usually everyone's better than me, so yeah. I'm good. One to Luke. Uh, well, first of all, much my family. Um, yeah, they just mean so much to me, and I'm so grateful to have them. And, and you're over here seeing them. And seeing them, and yeah, just they look after me. They keep me humble, um, and yeah, nothing changes since I've grown up. They're all the same, and... <laughs> Yeah, and then another one would be my friends. Yeah, they're very important. I don't know what else to say. Like, like I see them all the time, and um, I know they're great value. Yeah. And then the last one's probably my health and health and well-being. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of um, stuff going on at the moment with COVID and illness, and I'm very fortunate to be healthy and. Healthy and young. Awesome, so. mate. A good, a good three. Very deep. Very deep. I like that. Now, let's go back to the start. Obviously, you mentioned family then. You're recording at your, your brother's house. And this is a bit of a hack question. Yeah. But how, how many siblings do you have? Where do you fit in? Like, you come from a, a, a big family, hey? Can you tell me a bit about family life growing yeah, up? Yeah, of course. Does so, everyone ask this? Is this, like, do, yeah. this a hack question? Yeah, yeah well, I'm not very, it, I'm not very good at it, mate. So I'm just asking the it's easy slowly, questions. It's like come off a bit, but I do have a big family, five brothers, one sister, um, and then yeah. So family has meant a lot to me my whole life, and um, and did you grow up out this way? Did you grow up like on a big property or something? Yeah, I didn't so like yeah, the valley. I live in, I lived in Ballsbrook for about fifteen years of my life. Yeah. And um, living on a farm, 120 acres. So it was, it was always pretty, um, stuff was going on. A lot of farming. Yeah. yeah cows, pigs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a very outdoorsy family. So there was always stuff going on and I was always getting dragged outside to do work. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. Now look at you, mate. It's work. You got the you got the big shoulders and stuff. You got the build. You obviously... Oh, yeah. Every time, I, every time I come back, my brother claims... I did this to you because I, I dragged you outside to work and exactly I, right. I'm one to stay inside and game yeah. and play COD and FIFA, but he always dragged me outside to work and... Yeah. Well, it's paid off, mate. This has paid off. It has paid off. <laughs> Shout out to your brother. Were you, were you um, brothers or your sister any good at sport? Like, was there any a bit of competitiveness or something or was it always like, oh, I got this. I'll, t- I'll take the reins for the family. 
Um, I feel like every brother has been pretty talented. Yeah. I've heard my sister, she's the youngest and she's growing up at the moment. Yeah. And she's, I've heard she's pretty, um, more talented with her bowl skills and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, how old she? Should we be watching out for her? Maybe AFLW one day? Yeah, she's 14 at the moment. Yeah. And I think she's loving volleyball and netball. Yeah, okay. So I'm not, and horse riding. So she's in those sort of, sort of three at the moment. Yeah. Can combine um, them, play a bit of polo or something on the back of a horse, you know, play a bit of sport on Yeah. No, I wouldn't get put a pasta. <laughs> I've been trying to get away from horse riding because it's so dangerous. Yeah. But because um, she's going to be tall like me as well. Oh, you can't be that tall on top of a horse. So I'm like, jockeys are really small. Come on, it's time to move on to something. Your height is going to be an advantage for or something. Yeah. When, one thing I noticed, like, when did you start to... When did you have your growth spurt? Because growing up, like, I remember you being a pretty tall kid. But, man, I don't remember you being yeah. this tall. And then and then people started to say, oh, I was like, Sam Taylor's pretty good at footy. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. And then I saw you one time. And you were this giant. When did you hit this sort of growth spurt? Well, in primary school, I was like one of the tallest. Yeah. And then I think once I hit year seven, year eight, everyone had their growth spurt. Yeah. And um, I had mine very late. I think year 11, year 12. And then I, yeah, I just shot up and... Um, and how tall are you now? Six five, six six. Yeah. Sent him 196. Yeah, I think. yeah. So. And was there a time, like, obviously you were playing footy and stuff, and then you have that growth spurt. Was there a time where you sort of worked out how tall you were and thought, oh, I might, like, have a real crack at this? Because that, obviously, you're a talented kid in terms of football and stuff, but that height can sort of separate you and, like, your, your size is yeah. at, a, at an elite level. Was there a time you realized, fire out, I'm tall, I can really make the really make the most of that no that's never sort of come to mind um was it I've, just... always, I've always been around tall people so i was just like i didn't even think that way i was like no i'm not gonna make it into the afl i'm yeah. not good enough and that was sort of in my whole mindset growing up yeah i'm never good enough to make afl like this is this crazy thing that's so far away and how can i achieve this from from someone who, who's in wa yeah it's um yeah, it was, it was a bit, yeah, growing up, I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. And How old do you reckon you were when you, when it started to become a possibility or did you just never, never let yourself believe it? Well, I think it was probably when I got called up for state 18s. So I was 17 in year 11 and I was like, no, nah, I'm not good enough to play first. I remember messaging my coach being like, Dropped me to twos after my first game was pretty bad. I thought it was pretty bad. And it was like, nah, it was a good game. You got to stay. Shout out to Velo. Because um, I was like, nah, I can't do this. And then I was pushed down to Colts. And then after six weeks of playing there, I got called up for state under 18s. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Because I played, like, I think I played a few good games on a few good players well, back then. And then luckily I was called up to that. And I made the team and then at the end of that year I made the NAB Academy and then I was just like, okay, geez, I think I can I can do something but I sort of always had that mindset that I'm sort of like not good enough and 
that's pretty keeps driving me to be like the best player I can be, sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to have those those thoughts and stuff. Did you even when you get picked up and stuff with those? Is that something you've always sort of lived with the thoughts of um like not good enough or stuff? Or when you when you start to you know make the Nav Academy like because a lot of guys when they come through like year eleven and twelve, obviously we've all been. You know, like you and I, we've both been 17-year-old, 18-year-old guys. There's a lot of guys that are like, I am the best at everything, you know? Yeah. Like, and and some of them are really good at what they do and some of them go on to do great things. You know, that self-belief almost drives them. But to hear from you where it's like you were 17, 18, everyone's thinking that you're good enough, but you're not, was, was that sort of something you've always lived with? Yeah, definitely. I've always had my doubts and confidence issues growing up um but i feel like after a few years in the afl that sort of has changed to self-belief and confidence um looking at myself back then i was like geez i'm totally different now because yeah i think after five years in the afl my belief and my belief in myself and what i can achieve is um pretty ridiculous to think from from back then where I was like, no, nah, I can't I can't do this. And now it's like I can do this and I'll and I'll like, be the best. So it's it's definitely changed a lot. It's took a full one eighty. Um but yeah my I got a lot of self belief in myself. Yeah, it's it's special mate and it and it shows obviously you're killing it in, in your role and killing it at the Giants. And we'll get into the bit of a I'll give you a pump up later. We'll get into all those questions <laughs> later. Don't worry, it's coming. Um now you get picked up in 2017. Giants have just come off their two best seasons in terms of um, being in um, a couple of prelims and stuff like that. What were you? What do you remember at the time of being at the club? It must have been a pretty cool environment. What was it like as an 18-year-old coming into the to the club back then in in 2018 and 2017 after getting picked up? Um. It was nerve-wracking because, like, you see all these players are, are so good and then you're like, I'm just this random coming in trying to make a name for myself and I've watched these players my whole life being, like, so impressed and... And they're, and all, yeah. they're all, like, superstars. They do, like, and, yeah, crazy stuff on the field and you just, like, you're the guy that wins your one-on-one contest. Is it sort of a bit weird to see all these guys with, like, these it, crazy it, skills? Even back then, I was, I was, just, I was just no one. I was like... <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm Sam. I'm trying to <laughs> crack the team, yeah. and then I, I work with you guys now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So please be nice to me. <laughs> yeah. But early on, I think it took me about six months to maybe six to twelve months to get comfortable with being at the club because um, I felt like I, I was so intimidated early on, which sort of I was so shy. I was like, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes or do anything stupid. Um, so yeah, early on, I was pretty scared and intimidated because like all these players, they're all big names and they're coming off a great year where they probably should have made the grand final, had a good, like push a good case for the flag. And then yeah, rolling in, I was yeah, a bit nervous. And um, and you talked about like yeah. when you were year 11, 2015, you, you had those like self-doubt thoughts and stuff. It's literally two years later and you go from texting your coach saying drop me I'm not good enough 
to like now football is your job at the end of 2017 how how do you how do you change your your mindset in that or was it still just like pinching uh, yourself it was still pinching myself i think by then i was like okay i deserve to be on a list now let, let's sort of get to work um head down and just work as hard as i can and i think that's what i did i still had no confidence in myself to make the team but um and yeah it was funny when i got called up to play my first game i was in like so much shock it was pretty crazy because like there's a video out there and i was just like what what's going on like standing there like like a stunned mark for two seconds and then i like walked i was like the biggest grin on my face and yeah and i played i think i played pretty well in um Naples then as well and i was like still um, I had like a few ongoing like injuries back then as well, and I was like, "There's no way." I was like, "A chance not to play NFL," and then I got caught up for the AFL, and I was, I was like, "No, nah, what the hell? <laughs> this is crazy." I think I remember watching the video when you made your debut, and I think it was Leon Cameron talking about like, "Yeah, you know, like giving you this massive pump up about you never lose a one-on-one contest and stuff. And that was sort of the, the catchphrase for you for a little while. Like, this yeah. guy just never loses a one-on-one contest. It went from being like, this guy has six siblings <laughs> to now it was, this guy never loses yeah, a one-on-one contest. <laughs> yeah, um, Like, in terms of you made your debut, I think, round 11, 2018, if Wikipedia serves me correctly. Shout out to Wikipedia. And then like seven games later or something, you're a rising star nominee. Was How does that, how does that come about? Because you were pretty impressive in, in game one and people started to talk about you and then they obviously give you the rising star nominee not too long after. Was that, was that pretty crazy at the time? Yeah, no, it was. Like, I think my first, I think, almost two years, my sole role was just... Well, I told myself just to beat my man, win my one-on-ones, do the little things right, and um, and just sort of like as cliche it is, play my role, and that's what I I just did, and then yeah, since then I've sort of grown my role into more, but um, I kept things pretty simple, and um, I was yeah pretty lucky to get that rising star, and um, yeah, I was, I was pretty stoked about it. Now. People will probably already know if they didn't know you're already listening. And I'm hoping the show goes beyond just people that I know <laughs> that have probably met you as well. Hopefully there's people out there listening um, like they already have realised you're a pretty softly spoken guy, like you're pretty quiet and stuff. And then you'd, literally your job is to stop usually another giant man from trying to catch the ball. Yeah, I yeah. think... Um, I was listening to a podcast with Alex Rance and he was, you know, he's a nice guy and stuff. And he found it like, he used to find it really interesting and a bit difficult to be like, I'm nice and compassionate and caring. And then my job is to go just beat up on another guy and do whatever I can to stop him from getting the ball. Was that something that you'd always struggle with? Or where do you draw the line? Where do you find that competitiveness when you're just genuinely Um, just, just a really nice guy? Yeah, well, like... Or are you it's, not? It's not. It's, well, it's no, the no, no, You're no, just no. not a nice I, I guy. I am a, I think we're a nice guy. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. You but, are. But, yeah, that's never been an issue. I've always, 
Um, yeah, since day one at the club, I've always wanted to beat my man and yeah, and smash him. I've always just had that mindset to beat the person I'm on. Um, and yeah, I think maybe growing up with my brothers has helped me and stuff like that. But I've never had my my doubts when I'm on the football field. Um, I'm very confident in in myself and to do good things, like compared to um, podcasts and and public speaking. <laughs> so there's a complete difference between there. But um, yeah, I don't think I've. I think I'm yeah pretty happy with where I'm at when I go on the field. You might need to go into that mindset now in the podcast. Maybe you just need to want to smash me and then the podcast, you'll be really picking up your game. Yeah, maybe that's, that's how I do it from now on. Just, I'm going to smash you. <laughs> You're going to smash me. <laughs> now, obviously, you, you, you start to become like... Because you're obviously a key position guy and you start to become like the number one, you know, centre-half back of the team and stuff like... When did you start to feel like you, you know? And this is another hack question, but it is really interesting. When do you start to feel confident? When do you start to feel like this is, I'm, I'm okay at this? Um, was there a time that you can remember? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was year two, the prelim against Collingwood. Um I think it was probably my breakout game where I, I was just I turned it on, and um, I was like, "Shit!" Like I didn't think I, ha- I sort of had this in me, but um, if I can do it in the finals, I can I can do it like anywhere. And then the week after wasn't my best game, but they put me on Martin and the club's confidence to put me on their best players of. Um, yeah, they've looked after me quite a bit. Lee and Cameron always had a lot of confidence in me to beat my man and um, be on the best player. So I don't think that's yeah been an issue. I think it, it took me it took a full one eighty, like I said. But um, confidence while on the field, I've always always been like zero or a hundred. Now I've sort of flipped that switch, and um, I know I like sort of having confidence and. I love the mindset a lot of NFL players have and um, just sort of wanting to be the best and not being afraid to say it. I think that's um, how you take to the next level, but also never just um, accepting that and always wanting to improve. I think, um, yeah, just don't be happy where you're at. Just keep trying to push yourself beyond your limits and um, I think that sort of held me in good stead for... Um, a few years now so yeah you talked to I, I talked to you <coughs> earlier about like we want the podcast to try and inspire people to go out and you know we don't want everyone to be um, the best centre half back in the competition because then you're going to have more you know you're going to have more people to compete with it'll make your job harder yeah, we, want, we yeah. want people to go and do something else but yeah. be really good at it but you talked about like the NFL players and the mindset of trying to be your best and stuff like can you speak to that what are these what are these NFL guys saying what do you what are you watching? Are you watching TikToks and stuff for them pumping themselves up? Yeah, no, not not TikToks, <laughs> but ever since yeah, starting AFL, I've I started watching NFL, and 
Um, and these guys are like, they're showmen, right? Like, yeah. They love showboating and stuff. And, and Australian culture, we're a bit different to that. 100%. But it's sick to watch. These it's people. sick to watch. And I think Australia need to make a transition to being more confident and and not tearing people down if they have confidence in themselves. And I think it's a, a bad trait we have. And I, and I do it as well at times. And um, But yeah, these American athletes, they go about and they say, yeah, I'm the best player in the NFL. And they say it with full confidence. And, geez, I love when people do that. And I've sort of wanted to take that into my stride and um, and do that because, yeah, doing that and having the belief in yourself, I think that's what it takes to take it to the next level. Because, like, if you think, if you keep being modest and being happy where you're at, I think that puts a, a huge ceiling on yourself. And there's a few of my mates at the club that say that it's like I'm happy to play my role but I feel like their next stage of growth is just wanting to be the best at something at being the best at um, one-on-ones or being the best at I don't know whatever it is um, just work towards that and stop putting a ceiling stop being like a role player be the best at your role and um yeah, I think I think we a lot of AFL players need to, need to stop being being humble and. You hear it all the time whenever they get a, um, whenever there's a post match interviews or something like that. It's like, yeah, I'm just playing my role. Or a new guy who's coming in and dominating. It's like, I'm just playing my role. But you, you're right. You sort of you do limit yourself or, almost, and you we're worrying about like other people's opinions and, and getting and stuff. hurt as well. And... Yeah, yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to put yourself out there and then, you know, you want to be the best and maybe you're the second best and people go, oh, well, you're not actually the best. But far out, being the second best is better than you were before where you were the 20th yeah. best, you know what I mean? And, and I think there's a bit of media training and a bit of stigma around that as well and wanting to be humble. And um, But saying that, I haven't really done that at all since this podcast, but... <laughs> Um, I don't feel like we can have a normal chat about it. You're learning on the job, mate. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a, a huge step forward for people in er- like every area of life. If you want to be the best you can, you don't put a ceiling and try like reach for things and don't be comfortable where, where you're at. Just try. Because that's definitely my mindset. Yeah. One of the earlier episodes I spoke to a triathlete and he we would I talked to him his name's James O'Neill good episode go back and listen but uh-huh. he always he was talking about like he'll get up at 4am and you know go exercise for 4 hours before he has to go to his day job and stuff mm. and people will always criticize not always but people do criticize the amount of time and stuff that he puts in like oh you should be sleeping or you should be spending time with the family and stuff <laughs> but the people that are criticizing that are people that don't go out and exercises and are probably jealous of his drive and stuff. And I feel like that could be the same for you. The people that are like, hear you say, I want to be the best. They're like, oh, because they want to be the best and they might be afraid to go go out and get it. It's it's really interesting. A lot of people that criticise it's actually coming from somewhere. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, yeah, like... I just, I just think um, it, it's like even even I like saying that now I feel 
like there's a chance I, this could like be a backlash and oh you feel pe- weird you feel yeah, like I, feel oh, I shouldn't say that like I say this amongst my close mates and I'm like say whatever and say what I think but I feel like there's stuff you, you can't really say and um, and like it's looked so down upon and like you see these days the, the younger sort of there's like a new generation coming through in the AFL and like the old players they're slowly leaving and like the players I grew up watching they're slowly fading away and I feel like this new generation of players has this sort of mindset and have so much confidence in themselves and like I I love it like if we're gonna like improve the sport and the game you have to have confidence in yourself um, to be the best and like clicking into that mindset aspect like footy never did that 20 years ago um, and and like once we start doing it now, you see all these younger players doing it. Um, yeah, will be football will be a, a better game. Yeah, and I know that we're we're chatting a lot about this, but it's really interesting. It's gonna make you better at your job. You know what I mean? Like people can criticize and be like, "Why is he saying that?" But that that mindset, if it's gonna take you to be able to say it out loud and either you know set that mindset or manifest it. It's got to make you better at what you do. And it's obviously working. Like I read out some of your achievements this year. You started to believe that you could be the best or you wanted to be the best. And then you're all Australian. You're the best centre half back in the comp. Like it's working. I reckon we should encourage more people to go out and want to be the best. You know what I mean? Rather than trying to drag down the big dogs. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the best. I still think Stephen May has that title. He's um, but I'm definitely closing in. I think. <laughs> I think I think he's more of a complete player. Yeah. Um, but but there's no shame in shooting for it and trying to get better. And no, there's you no, don't there's want to there's be, no shame. You don't want to be content in. Yeah, hundred percent. You don't want to be content and. Um, yeah, but like once you sort of. Do it like just don't be happy with because there's people like younger than you or who have a tough break with injury that could step up and like be the best and do all that. So like, there's no time to like be comfortable. Like I still want to keep pushing myself and like have the best preseason and, and start next year really well. And I always finish the season off really well, but the start of my first half is always like, it's decent, but it's not as good as my second half. So that's something I want to work on and have a consistent full year of where I play really well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm always trying to push myself and, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm very competitive. The show's designed to inspire people and I feel like what you just talked about, a bit of that mindset stuff, um, definitely there's some lessons in there for people to take from it. Now, you mentioned 2019. Um, I don't know how much you want to talk about it i don't know if you're over it because it's tough man like yeah and i'm as i said this show isn't designed to get anyone in trouble or make anyone upset and Mm. stuff but but what are your memories of 2019 the grand final and that week like they could be still happy memories like what do you what do you remember um is it tough to talk about do you want no 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 I'm, i'm happy like i'm pretty open like yeah if you ask me something i'll definitely answer it because setbacks so, are a massive part of anyone's journey, and that's pretty like, whilst it's a great achievement to to get there, yeah, and to be on that stage, how cool that must have been. But obviously, there's you know, other yeah, parts of yeah. Well, 
as much as like we can joke about it and stuff like the game before that was against Collingwood and I think that was that's the happiest like I've almost ever been like mm. um, winning that game like was the best feeling ever um, yeah I'm, I'm, I was pretty fortunate it was my second year and I, I, we made the prelim and that was a special moment I, I loved every second of that you can even see like I'm still see like, face, yeah, man, I'm, right play. now I'm still pretty like, geez, I miss that. Um, geez, I want to play finals again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that grand final, uh, yeah, that was really tough. Like, losing by 92 points and, and like, there was excuses we could have, but still losing by 90 points in a grand final, that, that knocks you back a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, like, what do you remember about the the lead up and and stuff? Like, a lot of people are always like, um, when they get interviewed on Grand Final week, it's like, embrace the week. Like, this is such a big week. Embrace the week. And I'm in the back of my head, like, like it's easy to say that you're trying to embrace the week, but there must be part of you that's like thinking forward and you know thinking about partying and thinking about fire out. Like, we're gonna win and all this stuff. Like. What do you remember about the the week and the lead up? How did you go embracing the week? Um, I was, I was pretty good. Like, really, it's funny. It's funny you say that because, like, when I'm playing football and embracing the week of the grand final week, like, I'm more confident doing that and running out into like 100k of fans than like speaking on a podcast, for example. <laughs> like, doing that, I'm yeah very comfortable with, and I it does help playing a good game the week before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was excited. Uh, I think my, the only game I've been nervous was my first game against Adelaide. But yeah, no, I, was, I was so excited. I was pretty pumped. Um, and yeah, as embrace the week, like as stupid as it sounds, like it probably is the right thing to say. Like I embraced the week, the week, and it was yeah, it was really good. And um, it's probably the thing you should do is embrace embrace the week. Yeah, you shouldn't really think too much about it because you've had 20 weeks of games and you're in the best of your ability and um and yeah it's still annoying if we had a healthy team that day it would have been a lot different like I wouldn't say we would have won but it would have been definitely a lot closer and um yeah there were a lot of banged up boys that day but geez Richmond were really good that that last they created a, a really strong dynasty then and yeah, it was very impressive. It was almost like because they came off not making the grand final in 2018 as well when they were probably destined to win that one if, you know, Mason Cox doesn't have the night of his life in that prelim. So they, like, came out with a point to prove, obviously, yeah, and yeah. stuff, and you guys were unfortunately on the other end. Now, it's um the show's designed to inspire people as i've said about eight times so far and to keep people going now 2019 how hard is it to to get back and go again like we spoke earlier you're always like trying to get better and stuff like that but you get so close and it doesn't go your way it like it can't be easy to get up and go again it's a pretty big setback if you know what i mean yeah no and i yeah definitely um, was your mindset at that point, were you in that mindset of like, 
I want to be the best. I want to get better every day. Like, had that started already in oh, definitely 2019? Not. Yeah. So you, how did you sort of buy into trying to get better for for the next year? Well, yeah, it was a bit of a roller coaster because I'm not sure if you've done that much of research, but in 2020, I had this illness. Yeah, of course. That I got. Yeah. Um, which ruled me out for the season. I lost about 12 kilos and I was nowhere. And that was probably one of my lowest points. Yeah. So yeah, you've gone the, you've gone the double setback. Really? Do you want to yeah, touch I'll, on your I'll, yeah. illness? What so, really, what, what happened there? Cause yeah, so, you missed, you missed like so much time. Yeah. So I played the first four games and, uh, pretty averagely to be, to be fair. And then, are we blaming the illness or are we just like, Oh, so I just had a, sorry, a little dig at myself for me, <laughs> but then I, I think round four or five, um, I had this disease that yeah, no one's ever had in AFL and it was called septic arthritis and I got it in my hip and I had no idea what was happening. Like one day I was a day after playing against Collingwood. Um, I just felt this real pain in, in my back and my hip and, um, so, and then it, kept getting worse and worse and I just remember laying in bed one night sort of just crying that I can't I can't I couldn't move I couldn't move my body to get out of bed to go to the toilet and I had no idea what was going on with me I was so scared and then a few days later I was I went to um, hospital and then they just kept taking blood out of me to get all these tests done and I was shaking and my body was just in all sorts and I was there for two weeks and um, it was a really, really tough time. And then um, I came back and rehab was, they didn't know what to do and I had quite a few, I had two big setbacks because we tried to push it along, but that just made it worse. And then um, Doing nothing was the best thing for it. It took me about eight months. I could sort of finally run again. And um, I just sort of had to build my body up again. And that sort of, I don't know, there's, there's quite a few times I could have just gave up and I felt like giving up because I felt like nothing could get better. And then that sort of pre-season, sort of in that, I think, that low point in my life has sort of turned things around for me, maybe. Like, I don't know, if I didn't get that illness, I could have still been like a good, okay, decent, like role player sort of thing. And now sort of from that low point, which was probably the toughest point of my life, was just to work even harder. And um, I still had my doubts, like, what if, things, what if this sticks around and I can't get back to playing football? And and then plus the grand final, um, I think that wasn't even in my my mind. And I know I was in quite a few of the older blokes' head, but um, mine was just trying to get back on the field because I couldn't even walk. So that was yeah my main goal. And it took me probably seven months, seven eight months to run. But it took me six months to walk properly without a little limp. So. How did how did it end up resolving itself? Did it just cure itself, or are you on strong meds, and or how does 
I know that you said it took you yeah, sort of eight months to be to be yourself again. Do you remember how it like um, healed and stuff, and I think how long just, the process was? I think it just took care of itself. I think yeah, I was. Do you know how you got it? Well, I think it was from a blister. Oh, okay. So, like an infection type. Yeah. Thing. So, yeah. I but the doctors didn't say like didn't clear like it could have been anything. Mm. So yeah, make sure you look after your blisters. Um, so yeah, I'm always, <laughs> now I wear my ASICs, they're big bows and like, oh. oh you got the career savers Yeah, I got the career savers Yeah, nice. And, and, they do, and they're living up to their name. <laughs> and they're doing well. But I, I was pretty f- fortunate to come back and have a full pre-season and because weirdly enough, Michael Hurley got it six months later. Um, and yeah, he, he had it worse than me. I had a um, a pick line in me for a month where he had, I think he had a pick line and he had to have two surgeries to clean it all out. What's a pick line? A pick line is like... Obviously I know, but a, all, uh, the listeners won't. So a pick line is a tube that you put inside yourself and then you have antibiotics drip feed into you. Oh, okay. So like once a day, I had a nurse come in for six weeks to put this... Um, I don't know. Put this stuff in me that will calm down the arthritis and yeah, Michael Hurley had it um had a few surgeries on it and um I think that yeah shorted his career by a year or two and yeah, that was I feel so yeah, feel for him because a lot of people don't know what happened, what what the illness is, but um yeah, geez, it was it was so tough and he would have had it worse, so bloody hell, he, he did well to keep at it. And, um, but, geez, it, it was very tough. It's nuts, man. So in back into 2018, I got pretty sick and was... Um, and similar to you, had those feelings of you, you're really scared, man, because you don't know what's going on and you go into doctors and one doctor's like, oh, it might be this, and then one's like might be this and you're getting scared and frustrated and then they're like we're going to treat you for this but yeah, you don't know if bad. they're on the right track and whatever can you it's yeah it's really tough for anyone that doesn't understand one what are some of those emotions you you're going through like i said i was frustrated and scared and two how do you how do you come back like you seem pretty like it's okay to talk about and stuff like that but how do you come back from those feelings after you've gone through them? Um, well, like, I've, I've sort of gone through them and I've come out the other side. But, like, um, yeah, no, it, it just was, it, it was, I was very scared and this was during COVID as well, so um, I couldn't really have a lot of people come in. My family couldn't come see me because I would have been stuck in New South Wales. So I was alone and sort of fighting for myself and it was, yeah, it was scary. Some people thought I was had COVID, but definitely wasn't COVID. And, and when I came back to rehab, they were just guessing of of ways to get me better, and and, and they still had no idea what to do. And um, is it like sports psychs and stuff? Like, how do you come to? How do you work through something like that? Because you'd almost feel like, as as well, I think it'd been like natural 
one, you want to be out there and training and playing, yeah. but also you feel <clears> like like everyone does. It's natural to feel almost like guilty to your teammates oh, yeah. and stuff because you're like, oh, yeah, oh, you yeah, you feel horrible. Yeah, after, once that was done, uh, my worst time during the week was team meetings and watching like everything un- uncover in that year. I was like, we weren't playing that well and. Being on the sidelines with some unknown thing was, was, I felt I felt so stupid, and um, you feel like do you feel like small like people are watching you like why isn't he out there like helping us and stuff yeah, like and that? like no one knew what it was so I couldn't really say it wasn't like a normal injury where I had a timeline I just didn't have any timelines, and um, yeah it was it was you know it was scary and. Um, during during that period, I, I sort of went inside myself, which I definitely wouldn't recommend. I I know went yeah. I sort of just tried to do it on my own. Where I definitely needed to see a psych or something like that because yeah, I was just trying to fight it on my own, and um, it was it was definitely yeah, a tough period. And yeah, if I did it hindsight, but like yeah, I definitely would have done nothing with it or, or sort of would have um so not rush it and yeah seen a psych to speak about that because i was yeah in a yeah world of hurt pretty much no it's 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 horrible man like it's uh but definitely one thing that is is really great <laughs> is how candidly that you can talk about how you feel that's one thing i try to do whenever i go through something i want to talk about it openly and candidly because it helps because everyone's going through something, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. And the more that you can hear about other people struggling, struggling, it, it helps you feel like you're not alone. Like people look at you, they go, you know, 190 centimeters, good-looking guy, all Australian, best and fairest. Like his life must be really easy. When when you hear stuff like that, you go, oh, actually, like everyone goes through something that really sucks every once in a while. So yeah, great courage to to open up. Well. Well done, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, like, yeah, no, it's because I've been pretty fortunate with injuries and stuff up and yeah, up until then. Like, so, um, and yeah, so I was, I was, it was definitely a tough year. I think, yeah, this year was really tough actually as well after losing a lot of games. But, um, but yeah, it's yeah, I, I feel like. I like to speak openly about things, um, so um, yeah, I'm a pretty honest guy, and so yeah, if, I'm pretty happy to talk about it. Awesome, mate. Now we, you said that this year was pretty tough, and we want to keep it positive, um, but obviously, it's an interesting time at the Giants. Obviously, sort of a smaller club, smaller fan base mm. and I feel like whenever people on footy shows run out of things to talk about it's almost like <laughs> yeah, we'll going? just pick on the Giants because they got no they've got a small fan base like we're not going to get a lot of backlash you know what I mean they've got all these high draft picks we can just like put a bit of word salad like oh these guys high draft picks like out in Sydney like they just Sort of. Yeah, they love using the, the giant, uh, the pun there. Yeah, 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 isn't it? Giant problems. <laughs> yeah. Do you, 
do you feel like, I always feel like you guys get a little bit get a little bit beat beat up on is that is that true like well like I don't know like I don't read too much into it like if we're playing badly then like I'm, I'm, more, I'm more like yeah who cares fair enough we gotta earn some respect and what we were doing internally wasn't good enough so I was like yeah I, I take it with a grain of salt. Like, if it's pretty negative. I've always had a lot of confidence in the team, and I still do. So it's like, yeah, whatever. We'll prove them wrong and go from there. Like, Do you almost use it? Because you can, you can harness some of that negativity. Like, I guess, how do you deal with scrutiny is one part of the question. But also, like, you can harness that. You're the, you know, you're a, you're a small club. You're the newest club. It's like, we're going we're gonna to prove some some people some people wrong is that yeah. sort of the mindset yeah definitely and i think this pre-season we're going to harness that and use that because like we're a great team when the players we have i still feel like we're just being disrespected and but but this year was terrible like it's as simple as that and we've got to prove that and for the last few years ever since i think the, the grand final we haven't been where we should be and uh, if that was the grind, like as a result of the grand final, who knows? But the last three years, we haven't been good enough, and we've had good momentums during years. But where we're at right now is not good enough, and um, yeah, we're definitely gonna harness that this preseason. And yeah, I've got a lot of confidence in the group, and yeah, can't wait to play again. It must be exciting when you've got a new coach who's got a better better rig than most of the players he's man that photo that went around him he's, in the giants polo busting out of the thing it <laughs> yeah, must be intimidating yeah. he's hey? bigger than every player at the giants his <laughs> arms are double my size <laughs> but it must be good you win the mental battle because when the coaches shake hands before the game their coach in the back of their head is like oh, i can't compete with this guy his hand's been crushed uh, yeah i hope he's given a hard handshake guys jeez a <laughs> lot's riding on his shoulders yeah. on his very broad muscular shoulders i really hope he comes in during pre-season and starts benching or squatting absurd <laughs> yeah. amounts that would really put people in a, in a good way have you met him what's he like uh so I, i've had a few phone calls yeah and a team meeting and no he seemed great like he seemed, yeah, stern and honest and, like, yeah, a great fella. And, yeah, I'm keen to see what he does. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, I've never had a new coach, so I'm pretty, yeah, excited to see what happens and the changes around the club because there's definitely going to be changes around the club and there's going to be a new way of doing things, which is exciting. And um, to be a part of that when I'm still very young is, yeah, it's exciting and, we have, we still have great players, and then we have a great draft hand. So it's exciting times, and um, if we put a few things right during preseason, then I know we could be the Collingwood two point for sure of this year. We chatted for we chatted for a little bit about setbacks and stuff like that, yeah. And coming through them, now we get to the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you talked about continuing trying to get better and mindset and stuff. It must have worked, mate, because all Australian and best and fairest this year. I guess, firstly, how does that feel when that gets said out loud? 
or when you're reading your Wikipedia, which I'm sure you do, and you scroll to you know the achievements tab, and it says all Australian best and fairest. How does that feel? Um, well, like I'm grateful. So you do admit you read your Wikipedia? Just getting that on record. I, I have. <laughs> I, looked, I was like, oh my god, because like that was. It's always been like a goal of mine. I didn't think it would happen. Yeah. This quickly, but um. I know. Oh, yeah, I was, I was very grateful and, and fortunate to achieve both those things this year. But honestly, like nothing beats winning games and being in the finals and winning games in the finals. Like this year, the amount of Mondays I had where I was just like depressed and I, I use that word pretty lightly, but um, I wasn't. I was. I was like, oh my god, another Monday where we lose and we had a bad game. Like, what are we doing wrong? How can we fix this? So it was a tough year mentally. I wasn't, I was getting so frustrated during the year. So saying that it was, a, it was a weird year because the year before I was like up and about, even like, well, we played finals, we won a finals game and that was a great feeling. That was, I felt so good and, um, but not making finals and losing most of our games. Um, yeah, but Sorry, I know I'm trying to be more positive, but I, so I sort of, um, yeah, I think winning so, winning a premiership is definitely more important and I'll get a better feeling out of that. How do, you, how do you feel when you're up on stage, whether it be the best and fairest or the um, All-Australian, when you've come off your team not doing very well? Like, I know that you said you, feel, you felt small but i imagine that all australian and stuff when you you know your team hasn't gone well and you're putting on the jacket and you're there around all these guys whose teams have gone well and stuff like that like yeah does it feel a bit do you feel a bit small and stuff and inside of yourself like what's that like Um, are you still just because you've got to embrace your achievement at the same time yeah yeah no i get that um yeah i don't know like it's a funny one because even though like I think for my first year where I was really quiet and shy and now like, and had zero confidence, now like I love confidence and in a belief in myself, like, I know, I, I was, I think, I know, sort of felt right, sort of, I don't know, like, it's a tough one because I did feel like I deserved it, um, but these guys are playing finals the next week and it's like, damn, I wish I was playing finals. And But, you know, I was definitely very nervous around those sort of players because I was, I'm pretty happy and content with around the Giants players, but then you're surrounded by the champions of the games and being around players you watched growing up when you weren't even playing AFL and they're still doing this now. It's a bit scary, but then you realise all these guys, they're just good fellas and... Um, yeah, Aussie guys are great blokes and you can have an easy chat with them and it, and it feels so normal. Like, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I got around to, or they got around to me, all the all Australian blokes and, yeah, Ripper fellas. So it was, you get caught up in your head a bit, but once it actually happens, um, it's totally fine. So it's, it's probably one thing I need to probably work on a bit more. Like, I get stuck in my head a bit, but once you do it, it's so easy and normal and relaxing and that's like just putting yourself out there is definitely yeah advantageous and it makes you feel good after like especially when you like are just like 
I'm at, regardless of whether or not you're going to an all Australian or you're, you know, just a social event that you, there's a bit of anxiety around. It makes you feel good after when you're like, that actually went really well, and I had some rewarding yeah. chats. And it was yeah, it was really fun. Like, but if you stay in your head, you don't get that. No, you're closed off. You don't go and chat to people. Whereas you just open yourself up. It's amazing how much better you feel, hey? Yeah, but saying that before the BNF. I I was so I was like oh my god what's gonna happen I just sort of like zoned off from everyone I was just like preparing like sort of for the speech the speech in the last like five round and I was just like and I was told like it could happen and I was like for the whole time I was like oh my god I don't want to publicly speak in front of everyone what if I stuff up what if I say something stupid but then once I got up there I was like sweet and just said my thing and I I was pretty happy with how I how I spoke and. <laughs> Um, even though I was really nervous, like once I got up there, I was like, blah, blah, blah. I sort of, yeah, spoke how I felt and I felt like that, that came off, yeah, well, so. That's good. And it must have sunk in because obviously you're wearing your blazer and your, and your BNF medal while we record this. So obviously <laughs> you come to terms with everything. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But if it's here, I'd love to put it on. Uh, <laughs> no, mate, yeah, you're, um, I love how openly and candid because if I was in a room with, a bunch of superstars it's natural for everyone to be like oh or if it's a job interview or if it's this or a social event like everyone has those feelings so it's pretty cool because when we see the um afl's instagram stories of you mingling with all the guys it's like oh he's he's like superhuman like these guys are just good at everything they're good at talking they're good at that so it's cool for you to be like it's i have the exact same feelings that every person has yeah and it was funny saying that because i was sitting um who was i sitting next to i was sitting next to sad and he was the same thing he was like oh my god i'm so nervous <laughs> blah 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 and i was sitting next to tom stewart and he was like yeah whatever i'm nervous too and i was like geez yeah what's gonna happen and stuff and like so like more than half of them are feeling the same thing yeah so it's like it's, it's very normal how you're feeling and if you're if you're thinking something I guarantee someone else is thinking the same thing. So Now, you always get a question from the guests' fans. And sometimes they write two. Yeah. So the question comes in from a man named <laughs> Jasper. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. He wants to know the story behind the scar on your leg. Uh, this is like another one of those family, how many family members do you have? <laughs> okay. Um, Does everyone ask this? Oh, they did early days. Well, this is Jasper being a hack, so... Yeah, no, Jasper's one of my yeah, yeah, great mates, and I've known him since I was, I was a kid. I mean, I love Jasper, but... Um, yeah. Was this genuinely just one of those, like, every interview well, no, it, starting it's, it's, out you got asked? Yeah, because um, when I was 18, you know how you have those drafty videos oh. on, like, Channel 7? They're like... And he was there that day in the background, and I was like, I brought it up. And then I was like, yeah, I, I, I got this from a pig at Boar. It was one of my mate's pigs. <laughs> and it came out of nowhere, and his task got me the leg. And um, and yeah, and it's a stupid story, but like, it yeah, it comes up every now and then. And the video comes up, or people ask you about people it. People ask me about it, but that, I haven't in years, like three, four years. So well, now it's back. It's back. So hopefully that starts them asking it again. 
So hopefully no one listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, good news for you. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> no, I love that it's getting brought up again. Hopefully when you get your um, your second in a row All-Australian jacket, <laughs> they say, hey, do you have a scar on your leg? It gets brought up oh again. Fingers crossed it's coming back. And then they'll be like, hey, how many family members do you have? <laughs> um, no, but he did have a serious question as well. He wanted to know what you do in your spare time and why it's important not to be footy 24-7. Yeah, okay. Obviously um, fantasy because you just got a phone call for oh, fantasy, yeah. so that must be a bit of your spare time. But, yeah, tell me about it. Oh, yeah, well, well, I love sports and well, I love NFL. And, yeah, during, what is it, September to January, I'm just a huge NFL nut. Like... I love watch. I love waking up at one a.m. to watch games when I'm in WA and watching every game with my mates. That's one of the like highlights of my week, pretty much. And then, yeah, just watching my fantasy fantasy team play and making trades during the week. And um, so I love NFL. I love gaming as well. Um, yeah, I love playing my COD and my FIFA. Um, I'm into my like my shares, my real estate. I enjoy that as I'm doing a finance degree. Um, and yeah, and yes, I've sort of yeah, love going to the beach and doing all those sort of watching TV and Netflix and doing all those normal things. And yeah, who? Um, quick one. Who's your NFL team? Well, funnily enough, I've been trying to get one, but I have. Too many teams and sort of too many, like three, four teams. And you're just following your fantasy players, basically. Yeah, but like I love teams, but I'm I'm not really sort of latched onto one. I need to be fully invested. Maybe that's a goal for you. Maybe it needs to be a goal because like sometimes I'm really close. Like I was close to Washington a few years ago, and then they got a average QB, and I was like, nah. And then I was close to Bengals. Yeah. Then they lost me a multi, and I was like, nah, I don't know <laughs> And now I'm just like, oh, I don't even know. So. We'll have to work that out. And you touched on it a little bit there. Tell me about like living in Sydney, like the beaches and stuff. What's yeah, it like no, living One thing there? about love about Sydney is like it's a beautiful place to live. And like, I don't know, I, I like how no one really knows like what AFL is. Like you don't really get those people at like, when you're out, it, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like, um, yeah, no, no, like you don't really have that external pressure like a lot of other states have. And um, but it is nice to just go and be yourself. Yeah, like I lived in before starting this. I lived in a small town for like 14 months, and the chances were just higher that when you went and people weren't stopping and asking me for autographs, yeah. I want to clarify, <laughs> but the chances were higher that when you went to your local shops or something, you'd see someone that you'd, you'd know or like yeah, a night out. Yeah. Whereas coming back to the city, it's a little bit bigger. So you can go to the shops, you can wear whatever you want, stuff like that. Like yeah. sometimes I just want to rock around in bare feet, Yeah, but you can't do that. If people are like, there's that famous guy and he's got, and he's got yeah, you know, no like, shoes on. I'm a very open person as well. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm not very public either. So it's mm. like, I can be very open and say what I want. Like, like as a Giants player. Yeah. And nothing will happen. Like, if you think I've said in this podcast, like, I doubt anything will happen. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> like, no, I think you'll be fine. 
And, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, the hype around that, around like being in Melbourne or WA, it, it's, yeah, I like having like off season. I sort of get that dose of it. And then in season, I can do my job and I can get to work sort of thing. So um, people recognize you around WA? Um, More than Sydney? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Um, we still definitely want more fans at the at the game. Yeah, that's one thing I hope to improve because playing in front of crowds is the is the best feeling though. Yeah, so you want to be selling it. It's almost yeah, it's a it's a blessing and a curse because it's yeah. nice to be quiet and just be able to put your head down and go to work. But also at the same time, you want that whole like mm. feeling that energy and and stuff. Yeah, because it's the best feeling. And as a losing team this year. Um, we don't. Really, we didn't really get a lot of supporters, so. Um, that, that, that's you, yeah. You get the yeah, goods with like the bads. Wouldn't say it's bad, but like um, having those fans is just you feel so good when you're out there and they're screaming after a goal. But once we have a great season next year, they'll be there. They'll all be. They'll all be coming back. Sam Taylor, mate. Thank you. Can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's it's really special. A guy like you with with all your achievements and stuff from the last year and I'm sure there's plenty going forward I know you said you don't do these very often and you don't like public speaking but a lot of the stuff that you talked about today was was really special and and a lot of the stuff that we want this show to move towards so thank you very much for coming on I'm sure the people listening have got have uh learned a lot about it if you're listening in sydney get yourself a giants membership get down <laughs> to a few of the games um but yeah thanks very much for coming on the show mate we love what you're doing and very proud of you so keep it up no thank you very much um yeah no it was good to have a chat i was yeah spoke about some good things so cool that was so cool such a great chat with a really great guy i think Heading into the show, I didn't really know what to expect. Whilst you could probably get a gauge during the show, Sam and I are mates and, and he's a great guy and someone that I have a lot of respect for. And, you know, I think he's a really cool person and a good person to be around, but we've never had sort of a long form conversation like that. So I had a bit of apprehension heading in um, as not only his friend, but as the host of a podcast sort of worrying about what it was going to look like, but my expectations were completely blown away. Um, I thought he was stellar. He said that he's not great at public speaking and doesn't really like stuff like that, but for what I'm trying to do on the show, I thought he was the, the perfect guest and he was really special. I also think that the things that he said, they took a lot of bravery to say. For me, I don't disagree and I'll never judge him for anything he said but there's always people in the world that'll be taken aback by some of the things he said about especially about wanting to be the best and stuff like that so it took a lot of bravery for him to admit what he wants and I think for people to achieve things you can't set limits on yourself you've got to go out strive to be your best and Sam's definitely doing that and he's living proof of you know shoot for the stars because he's done pretty well so far now, as I mentioned, we've got a fortnight between episodes and throughout that time, it'll be the New Year's break. So, Happy New Year to to everyone. I hope you enjoy and are staying safe. Maybe you've got some time off work. 
Maybe you don't, but I hope you're having a great time seeing people that you love in your life. Please like, subscribe, leave a rating on the show. Everything helps. Tell your friends, tell your mum, tell your hairdresser, tell the person that works at the local bottle to get around the show. Um, it'd mean the world to me. But in the meantime, check in on your mind, check in on your mates, and I'll see you next time.